Hello, and welcome to What on Earth, the podcast in the Environmental Investigation Agency, or EIA. Our dedicated forest campaigners often work undercover in potentially dangerous conditions, and they're not buried deep in research or sharing their findings with authorities and partners. So there's something of a major change of pace last month to find them handing out popcorn at the famed Prince Charles Cinema off London's Leicester Square for the premiere of their first ever feature-length documentary. Indonesia, Fight for the Remaining Forest, is a moving chronicle of two decades of work undertaken hand-in-hand with our long-term partner Kaom Telepak. And as if that wasn't a sufficient challenge, it was largely made under pandemic lockdown restrictions. I'm Paul Newman, EIA Senior Press and Communications Officer, and joining me today to talk about the production are Faith Doherty, EIA's Forests Team Leader, and Mardi Minang Sari, one of the founders of Kaom Telepak and an EIA Forest Campaigner. Faith Minang, welcome and thanks for taking the time to chat with us. Hi Paul, thank you. Hi Paul. So, you made a movie. (laughs) Faith, can you tell us how that came about? Oh my gosh. It's one of those things that happen when you're in the pub and um, you've had a few drinks and then you come up with a brilliant idea. Minang and I were saying, you know, she was saying how there was an anniversary coming up in terms of the EIA Calm Telepack Partnership. And what was it, Minang? Was it 10 years, 20 years? 20, 20 years. 20 years. And we started talking and, of course, reminiscing about lots of lots of stories and stuff. And we kind of looked at each other and went, that's an awful lot of stuff we've done. And there's been some amazing highs and really bad lows. But at the end of the day, we would sort of went a bit quiet and thought, gosh, we've really done a lot. We ought to celebrate it in some fashion. And um, and And that was it. And then, you know, months go by and we kept coming back to what are we going to do and and in the end I just said why don't we just make a film and um, my name's like yeah sure let's just make a film <laughs> <laughs> like it's nothing at all <laughs> little did we know we did kind of underestimate it <laughs> totally and I mean I do not oh gosh it was really something so what was it was kind of good timing but terrible timing because we thought about this before lockdown and you know originally um i went to a a really good friend of mine who has worked at the bbc for years and um with who had been the producer for hard talk and worked with sue lloyd roberts at the bbc and i'd been a fixer for them in burma and i knew them i knew him really well and I sort of said to him, look, we're thinking about doing this film. Oh, I'm free. Let's do it. And <laughs> I was like, oh, great. I don't have to do anything. He can do it all. <laughs> just sit, just, just sit back and turn up for the premiere. Yeah, yeah. Really. <laughs> and um, so anyway, after lots of discussion, we decided to go for it. And the original planning was to revisit, was for, for, for me to go with Manang and revisit some of the key places and the key events so that we could um, show you know, how, how things had progressed and what was happening now and the successes, really, of which there are many, um, but also to really champion where things were now and how, what were we going to do? It's not over, you know, these, I think, you know, they'll go on for the rest of our lives, some of these issues. So there we were with a plan and Ian was writing the script and sending us loads of emails and then, you know, the pandemic hit and here we were locked, locked down um, Manang in, in, uh, in, in Bogor and myself in East London and Ian in East London and we sort of just I, I had no excuse not to look at the script I, I had to do it <laughs> Ian was 
come on and send oh gosh it was really hard um anyway we realized that there was just no way we were going to be able to go out to indonesia and and you know approach the film in the way we wanted to um so talking talking to to menang about it she said well we can try um and so she was talking to a very old friend of ours in fact a person with whom had been part of our video and communications training years ago when we first started. Um, his name was Nanan. He's a great, great cameraman. Um, and Minan went to talk to him and he said, yeah, sure, we can go to some of these places. Don't worry about it. And so we, we just sort of talked through the safety and, oh God, it was a mad time, wasn't it, Minan? Do you remember that? Mm, that's true. You know, especially during the pandemic in Indonesia, as Faith said, because we wanted to revisit some of the places. So the arrangement of, you know, going to other places is, well, it was crazy. You have to prepare all these paperwork and stuff like that. And um, ensuring that when you go to the forest, to the um, villages, um, you don't... Yeah you know, bring risk with you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so well, you got to yeah, show that, that, that was, your safety exactly. trail. That was, the longest, that was the longest conversation, wasn't it? Yeah. It's like test, 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 test. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah also, also for, for, for us in Indonesia, uh, because Indonesia is one of, I, th I think, yeah, is one of the uh, countries with uh, the worst uh, COVID cases at that time. So a lot of our interviewees, some important key players in our film, they couldn't make it to the interviews because they got COVID. So we really had to uh, improvise, if you like. <laughs> yeah, it was really crazy. So, and you know, I'm, I'm here stuck in my living room in East London. Trying, we were trying to figure out solutions to all of these things and at the same time keep our eye on the ball in relation to what was actually going to be filmed and you know it was, it was just so difficult not actually being there um, physically on the ground you know it's not something we're used to but anyway yeah so that's that's how it all kind of kicked off and huh. that's that's what happened yeah <laughs> Excellent. The, the, the film itself lays out a chronology of 20 years or more of, of arduous and sometimes quite dangerous work undertaken on the ground in partnership with KM Telepak. Why, why did you choose to focus on this story in particular out of the many cases you've worked on in, in, in the forest campaign? Well, we've never had such a deep and long relationship. Um, I mean, it, it is really, partners is, is really not the appropriate word. We've been through so much. There's nothing like having experience with people you just trust and know so well. And, you know, in terms from a professional point of view, knowing, knowing what each can bring to the table um, and knowing from experience the things we learned and what doesn't work and what does work and maybe works now because it didn't work that, you know, it's just very, it, it's quite unique in my experience anyway. Um, and I guess the other really core issue here is that we never gave up. The focus was really intense. We've never stopped. We're still going and we're going to go keep going. Um, and so why would you walk away from that when you've got an energy 
and a vibe, you know, that is basically pushing you along, even in the worst moments. There's nothing like picking up the phone and me moaning to Minang and, you know, Minang being mama and saying, don't worry, we can do it. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, you it's, know, a, it's it happens quite a bit. <laughs> it's like a mutual support system, yeah? yeah? Yeah, I guess really, it really is like that. But I think prior to COVID, we were in the field so much that the, the, the bond is so tight, you know? So when COVID did happen, one of the things both Minang and I kind of marveled at was the fact that because because we all knew each other so well, because we were so focused, um, yes, it was awful that we couldn't get on a plane and be in the field and smell the temperature, but there was so much trust there that we were able to just continue doing the work as much as we possibly could anyway, um, that, that lockdown allowed. So there were, there, there were some things we learned as a result of that. But because we were focused on the film, I guess it wasn't, we didn't feel so isolated from each other because we were having to go through a lot of history. It was really, really <laughs> a lot of history. <laughs> Obviously, the, um, the film itself, its, its title makes it clear that it's about Indonesia and it's about saving forest in Indonesia. But could you give us a bit more meat on the bone in terms of what the actual story of the documentary is, what, what the piece of work is that people will, will follow if they go to watch it? Minang, you, you, you give it a go. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> yes, uh, this is actually, as you said, Paul, this is 20 years of um, our work together, starting from when EIA first came to Indonesia and worked together with um, Kaum Telapak, exposing um, illegal loggings in, uh, in national parks, and then following the trail of timbers to neighboring countries onto the um, end market countries and also following our works in terms of, you know, like uh, trying to change policies to uh, enforce the law against these uh, criminals, you know, and um, basically all the ups and downs and the challenges that um, still remains um, and the works that um, I think we still continue to do to save the remaining of Indonesian forests. Yeah, I think from my perspective, and I know certainly from my colleagues here in London, we were also working in a, an extremely exciting time for Indonesia. Suharto had fallen. There was just this extraordinary years of, of, of just, gosh, I mean, when I look back, and I, I think it's conveyed in the film, we just never stopped. The space was there. An opportunity, it was a massive opportunity not to go back to the dark and awful days. And, you know, we were also, everything sort of, was, it was almost like a formula in the sense that once, um, once we found Telepac, which, was, which it was called at the time, once we found all of our, our friends there, it was, it, was, it was just like the, the timing was just perfect. Civil society is so strong in Indonesia and coming out of a dictatorship, you know, the, the networks, the communications, the ideas, the energy was just extraordinary. And we were really fortunate because we tapped into all of that. And um, it was that that really was the road that we were on. It was like the, the word I, I want to use is reform. And, um, you know, that there was just a space that was so exciting. 
um, and very dangerous, obviously, because we were getting up people's noses a lot of the time. Yeah, but yeah. Um, you know that that's all pervaded in the film. But yeah, it was just a really extraordinary time. Yeah, also my, my, my takeaway from sitting there watching the film, the, the first screening, was what an inspiring um, message it's got in terms of, you know, as you point out, you've, you've got sort of a, a situation in chaos in a country, it's national parks being ravaged for profit, and then a handful of people from Indonesia and a handful of people from an office in London pull together. And, and 20 years later, you've actually made substantial um, changes in in domestic and international law as a result of the work and the findings you produced and it you know it can be very um disheartening in these times to see the scale of the problem and the kind of you like the the opposition you're up against yeah. and then to actually see an example like this where it's clear and coherent and major changes made by a handful of people i, I found it hugely inspiring i don't know you know over the years i've been doing this work a long time and one of the things i reflect so much on is the fact that we just made it all up as we went along <laughs> and um, you know, it, it really we really did make it up as we went along because it hadn't been done before. Um, yeah. And now, of course, you know, with reform comes structure, and with structure, it gets a bit boring, really. But that's what we were we wanted. Um, but yeah, we did make an awful lot of stuff up and stuff up because it just hadn't been done. But I have to hand it to the to the the young, brave people in Indonesia at that time. It really was extraordinary. They they had an opportunity to get their country back and by word were they fighting for it. It was an extraordinary time. Yeah. Now, obviously, making a film in any conditions is, is a massive undertaking. It must have been, as we've already touched on briefly, uh, particularly challenging during the global pandemic. Um, once you'd actually begun to address issues like how to get people on camera to interview them, how to get to them or get them to get to you. What what problems did you have to overcome in actually assembling and completing the film? Because obviously that was all done under the same kind of conditions, wasn't it? <laughs> well, come on, we, know. we have to hand it to Ian O'Reilly, the director. I mean, how he kept it together, I do not know. Because we were, we were, it was like... I'd open up my laptop and there would be just get all these emails with all these questions and scripts and, you know, you have to understand none of us could be in the same room to edit. It was just impossible. And whilst it's really great having Teams and Zoom and Google and all this kind of stuff, it's still not the same thing as, you know, sort of locking yourself away in an edit suite and going for it. And uh, it was, it, I, I have to say, I've never made a film before. Um, I kept being told that this was unusual, that it's not usually like this. Um, but, oh gosh, there were times when I just thought I give up, I can't do it, it's so hard. <laughs> but I really, you know, Gord Gordy, our editor, and Ian were absolutely fantastic. I mean, they're true professionals and, you know, there were, there were wobbly moments. But I don't know, Minaya, what did you think? Because it was yeah. a really tough time. <laughs> like you said, Faith, because initially what we would like is that after... Um, Nanang and I um, finished our shooting in uh, Indonesia. We would come over to London and sit together with um, Ian, Faith, in an edit suit, and then uh, do the edit there, so we can finish it, up, you know, fairly quickly that way. But um, it didn't happen, so. We had to do everything online, you know, from me uh, choosing the footage, like finding the right footage out of this um, 
media library, digital library that EIA has, um, you know, discussing over a sequence with Jordi, the editor. So kind of like being in a, in an edit suite, but um, through, your, yeah, through your screen. <laughs> through your screen. So it, it is like, oh my God, trying to sync and do all that. It's 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 it was challenging, um, but we did pull it through. We did. I mean, <laughs> yeah. We did. Despite the different time zones and there oh being a global God. pandemic. Oh <laughs> yeah. yeah, I would get were... emails at two, three in the morning. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> obviously, EIA and Kem Telepak have got a really close relationship. Manan, could you tell us a bit about how that how you came to meet in the first place and and decide to work together on the ground? I mean. Um, EIA came, I think, in 1998. I was still involved in other um, programs and campaigns in um, Telapak at that time. But I think it was around the time when EIA um, came and do some scoping trip. And um, they visited um, Telapak and uh, Rui and Hapsoro, I think, went with them. And they witnessed uh, firsthand the devastation of Indonesia's forests. And I think from that from that trip, I think like Faith said, uh, we kind of clicked, you know, you, yeah. the, the chemistry is real, you know, and that when you started talking about what, what are we going to do about this? And then um, I think everything starts from that. Uh, including um, deciding to use illegal logging as an entry point to address the core issues of governance, the corruption, the lawlessness. At that time, you know, during the transition uh, period towards the democracy in Indonesia. And yeah, um, I think both sides, like both organizations, um, we have something to give while EIA um, obviously help us a lot in terms of um, um, you know building the capacity of um, doing investigative um, uh, documentation you know packaging the information we also um, uh, you know uh, taught them how to operate Indonesia um, the network you know mm -hmm. uh, and um, working or our ways around the government at uh, at at, mm -hmm. at that time, because it wasn't that open. You know, remember Faith when we had to wait for <laughs> literally all day just to meet with the uh, officials. Yeah, it was a pretty crazy time. We'd see we'd see people in brown suits and really weird shoes, all smarted up. You know, with with, with briefcases that we knew a stash full of money. Uh, you know, to make appointments and stuff, and we we just decided that we would sit it out. We weren't going to walk away and be ignored. And I remember there was one time where I think there was you and Arby and me and Hapsora or something, and we were waiting in the waiting room outside the, the secretary as the secretary general's office. And the door opened, I just put my foot in, and we just walked in. And um, it, was, it was a learning because he didn't know we were waiting because the guy that was supposed to let us in wanted us to pay and we wouldn't pay. And there, I mean, there was all sorts of games going on, and and um, it it really was quite an extraordinary time. You have to understand how brave it was for our friends to to join us in that, because prior to that, you know, you talk about illegal logging anywhere in Southeast Asia, anywhere, 
at that time. You get shot. You know, you, you, you're picking a scab off a very, very deep wound and a lot of corruption and a lot of bad boys. And um, so it was, it was quite a time, but yeah, we did it. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't want to go back there again, but it was kind of, I do miss those days a little bit. Mm. Yeah, it was, yeah. And I, I guess after tw 20 years of um, research and investigations in the actual issue itself, leading up to months um, in lockdown, making a film and putting together the scenes and coming up with a script and finessing it and getting all the bits and pieces put in place. How did it feel for you both to finally be sat in a cinema last month, actually watching yourselves up on the big screen with so many colleagues and partners? Well, for me, the first time when we... Um, uh, screen the film was in the cop yeah the uh unf triple c the unf triple c exactly yeah well <laughs> the first, first thing that i feel that i felt at that time was like a huge relief <laughs> yeah Wait, it's, it's done yeah. we can walk away yeah, from exactly. it now yeah, <laughs> yeah that's it yeah yeah <laughs> i i actually was really surprised i was sitting next to somebody from the foreign office and uh, she she just turned around and she said, God, that looks amazing. And I went, yeah, it does actually. Because we've just been looking at it through little laptop screens <clears throat> with headphones on. So there we yeah. were in a proper cinema with a big screen and an audience. It was like, oh, my word. Yeah. You know. It sort of was like, gosh, we did it. Um, I, I guess you know. prior to that, it must have been like trying to identify a statue in the dark with a blindfold on by touch. <laughs> <laughs> and suddenly you get to see the whole thing with the lights on. Well, yeah, it, it, it was a bit like that. It was just like, golly, you know. And um, yeah, it was it was quite exciting. And then, of course, I can't see it anymore. I see it so <laughs> <laughs> but, but we will. <laughs> yeah, no, we will. I mean, the thing is that a couple of weeks ago when we showed it in London, you know, it was the short version. And I know the long version is long, but what the hell, go get a bottle of wine and have an interval, you know, because <laughs> it, it works really well long. It's really difficult to cram all of that into something, you know, in, in less than the time we did. So it, yeah, it can be quite quite thing. But um, it was really funny because Minang had just flown in from Indonesia, so she slept through it because she had jet lag. And then <laughs> my my uh, my my mum my my uh, dad's widow was with me, and she also fell asleep. So I thought, oh well, gosh, I didn't say much, but they were both exhausted from traveling. <laughs> so, but uh, I thought, okay, it's out now. Let's that's it. But it's not it because now we're getting requests from many countries to see it, and lots of different ways are being organised for it to be screened and. Um, we're doing, do you want to talk about what we're doing at the end of the month now? It's just yeah. yeah. So basically we are going to hold a, um, screening today, screening, uh, in, in Jakarta. So, um, it will be on the 2nd and the 3rd of September. Uh, the first day is for, uh, invitations, um, like the government officials, our, uh, communities, NGOs. And all the um, um, forestry stakeholders, if you like, and the second day is for public. So, and we are actually going to show the full film, the two-hour one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> will there be free popcorn at this event? Uh, well, it's better it's f than popcorn. <laughs> really great. Okay. Well, let's see what happens. But. Uh... 
it's, you know, I, I have to say that it is also, I think, one of the things I really like about the fact we've done it now on reflection is that it is a, a document for people to see what's happened. I think it was really important to for it to be documented. And, um, you know, not everybody that was there is with us now. So it's an ode to them in a big way, but also new team members from both both organisations. You know, um, I like to think it inspires them to be part of something that I thought was really, that is still, the work is still really good. And we've got lots, lots more to do. There's no way this is finished yet, but uh, hopefully, those with, that are young and with energy want to take it up and keep going. That'd be really great. Excellent. And and finally, a um, bit of a cheeky question, I guess. Uh, no, no <laughs> anticipate what your answer might be, but have either of you got any plans to make another film in the future? No. <laughs> oh, dear. That's it. One, yeah. one, one and done. Huh? Absolutely not. I mean, I would consider it if it was something where I could be in the field. You know, not. I would never do it like we. I would never do anything like we did uh, now. I have the utmost admiration for filmmakers. I really do. I never knew how hard it was, but I think um, <laughs> never say never. But at the moment, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, Faith Binang, thank you very much for joining us today. It's been a genuine pleasure. Um, if you enjoyed listening to this podcast, please watch this space for future episodes. And check out our website at eia-international.org to find out more about our work. Thanks for joining us, and wherever you are, stay safe out there.